What's going on? Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. It's a special game day edition of the podcast. We will not have one tomorrow as the Pelicans will travel to Miami to take on the heat on Saturday night. I am Daniel Salerson and Jim Eikenover will join me in just a few moments as we'll sit down with Jovan Buha who covers the Clippers for the Athletic in Los Angeles. Actually, he's a busy guy, so we taped this yesterday before the Clippers took on the Rockets. The Clippers ended up losing that game last night. As you saw Doc Rivers was ejected as it seemed like Austin Rivers was the guy, his son, that was kind of leading them on to give him a technical. So yes, the Clippers are back in action tonight here inside the Smoothie King Center to take on the Pelicans, but we wanted to get a Clippers perspective on tonight's ball game. We still don't know who will be playing for Los Angeles. Normally, Kawhi Leonard will sit one of the two games on the back-to-back. He did play last night against Houston, so we'll see if he plays tonight. And reports are that Paul George is set to return tonight for the Los Angeles Clippers. He has not played a game from them since being traded from Oklahoma City. And we'll see if he plays tonight. We'll find out later on tonight at the arena when Doc Rivers speaks to the media. But there is uh, still tickets available right now on pelicans.com. It's also a family fun pack presented by Mid-City Smiles Family Dentistry. Includes four tickets, four combo meals, and uh, the ticket package again, pelicans.com slash tickets. Also, if I need to entice you anymore, the halftime for tonight is not only than the Red Panda. The Red Panda is an awesome halftime show. And then Sunday will be quick change. So two great halftime performances for you tonight and on Sunday. So hopefully you all can make it out to both of these games as the Pelicans look to get their third win of the season. Again, it's a busy weekend. They'll take on the Clippers tonight, the Heat on Saturday, and then end on a back-to-back Sunday at home against the Golden State Warriors. As I mentioned, joining us now is Jovan Buha, who covers the Clippers for the Athletic in L.A. He's in Houston right now. We're taping this on the Wednesday. Is Jovan's also on a back-to-back as the Pelicans will play the Clippers again tonight after playing the Houston Rockets Wednesday. Jovan, how are you? Good to talk to you. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, good. So we're taping this uh, not really knowing the status of whether Kawhi Leonard will play or Paul George, whether he'll play or not. The reports are he's expected to play tonight against the Los Angeles or against the New Orleans Pelicans. But let's just start with what Paul George will add to this team that's already playing so well at seven and three. I, I mean he's he's gonna add a guy who finished third in MVP and third in defensive player of the year. Like <laughs> I, I think it's it's really hard to even try to calculate or project what he's going to add, but you know he's one of the ten best guys in the league. He's a elite player on both ends of the floor and you know the Clippers just lost Andrew Samet, they're starting shooting guard for a few weeks here with a high ankle sprain. Uh, so I think that is actually going to be a loss that does affect them, even with Paul coming back. But with that said, you know the, the offense has struggled a bit at times, especially the last few games. Um, you know, they, they've been dipping down the offensive uh, rankings. So I, I would say for Paul, it's just going to be a, another guy that you have to worry about. I think with him, Kawhi and Lou, um, that's as good of an offensive trio as there is in the league. And then defensively now, it's just another elite guy you can throw out there uh, with lineups of, you know, with Kawhi and, and Paul George and Bo Harkless. And you know, now the Clippers just have another long, uh, switchable, versatile wing out there. So uh, I think really on both ends, he's going to have a tremendous impact. I don't know from the jump how much he's going to play, what he's going to look like. You know, I do expect him to be on some type of minutes restriction, maybe around like 25 to 28 minutes. I'd, I'd be surprised if he plays more than that. Um, and, you know, this is someone who hasn't played basketball in six months. So when you have that type of return, 
he's only had one practice. He, he's only you know been practicing for uh, a few days. So we have no idea what he's going to actually look like when it comes to Thursday's game. But uh, I, I do think, you know, eventually once he kind of gets back into playing shape and kind of finds his rhythm, um, you know, obviously they're, they're adding a all NBA type guy. So you do that. I think you're going to get a lot better. In the NBA with the way the spacing is and the pace and the three point shooting. But I mean, when, when Paul George gets back to being Paul George, like you said, we don't know how, exactly how long it's going to take to, for that to happen. But I mean, when the Clippers become kind of a fully operational team with everybody in place, I mean, what, what are your expectations as far as just how good they can be defensively? It just seems like this is the kind of roster that we, I don't think we've seen, but that's been put together. Yeah. So I actually just wrote about this uh, for the athletic, like, you know, it, it's been impressive how good they've been without Paul George. Like, you know, they're, they're seven and three. Uh, they like, to me, they look like a championship contender, even without him, which mm. I didn't think would be the case. I thought they'd be above 500. I thought they'd be solid, but you know, they're, they're seven and three. They're seven and one when Kawhi plays the so and two when he doesn't play. So like really those games that Kawhi has played, even without Paul, like they've been really, really good. And they've beaten teams like the, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Spurs, uh, the Raptors. Like they've beaten some really good teams so far. They, you know, they've had the second toughest schedule uh, according to strength of schedule. So it's not like they've just kind of had a cakewalk to start the season. Like they, they've had some pretty tough games. So I think for them to kind of come out of this first 10-game stretch, uh, and it's going to be 11 by the time uh, people are hearing this, like you know, whether they're seven and three, uh, or I mean eight and three, or, or seven and four, like either way, that's an impressive record. Given that you know they're playing Houston Wednesday night, like that's a pretty tough game on the road. So um, I think for them to like, they've been the best defense since Halloween. So it's really been the last six games for them. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the Houston game goes, but you know they've really stepped it up defensively. And again, like you said, that is without Paul George. So I just think adding him just finished third in defensive player of the year. Like that's just going to, I mean, I, I talked to Tom Thibodeau over the, the summer and he's like, there's no reason why this can't be the best defensive pairing we've seen since Scotty and Michael. Like th- this is that level of, you know, Kawhi's one defensive player of the year a couple times. He's always in that mix and is always making the all defensive team. Uh, Paul George is always making the all defensive team and is also in that mix. So, you just have two elite wing defenders who can defend basically one through four uh, guard point guards, guard wings, guard big men. Uh, so I, I just think that the versatility that they present and the lineup options Doc Rivers is going to have, he could go big, he could go small, he could go athletic, he could go with a shooting lineup. Like He can really just kind of tailor their lineups to whatever team they're playing. So uh, I think that's really going to be the, the biggest thing is just the versatility defensively to really kind of throw – multiple looks at you know any of the elite teams that they face like that I think is kind of the difference between them and other teams in the league right now you know we kind of briefly discussed how things are kind of up in the air in terms of the status for Kawhi and Paul George as far as them playing Thursday night and it's going to depend on you know what happened Wednesday in that game of how they were used what's it been like for you so far as far as covering the team and in in terms of load management it seems like um that conversation has really dominated the NBA in a lot of ways over the over the first few weeks of the season, and a lot of it is has been obviously related to Kawhi. I, I feel like um, I think everyone understands from a team the team standpoint of what 
the the motivation is, and obviously the Raptors won a championship last year, handling Kawhi the way they did. But I mean, from your perspective, I mean, how much of that has been part of the discussion, and what what do, what do you think is in terms of um, just for the league? It seems like it's just been kind of a kind of a confusing, kind of awkward way the the way things have gone so far. Yeah. So I, it's such a complicated, you know, situation because there's no real right. I, I don't know what the right answer is. Right. Yeah. Like I, I think you can make a argument on both sides of the ledger and, and kind of present each kind of case. But I do think with Kawhi that the thing that people don't really fully factor in, which you know, the league even came out and stated is like, He's not 100%, and mm-hmm. you know, no one's really ever 100% once the season starts. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, I was talking to someone, uh, you know, a medical professional in the league, and they were basically saying, you know, like, everyone has this misconception of, like, you're trying to get guys, like, 100% for the playoffs. It's like, no, no one's ever 100% by playoff time. It's You're trying to get guys as close to, like, 70% or 80% as they can be because but at that point of the season – Everyone's been playing six months. You know, you, your battery is drained to some extent, but it is kind of this war of attrition. And I think with Kawhi, you know, he does have this patella uh, tendon injury in his left knee. Uh, you know, that's something that the, the league has come out and stated that their doctors have looked at his records uh, from the Clippers and, and you know determined that. So, you know, part of that kind of remedy to, to keep him healthy is not playing back to back. And know for the league it's obviously unfortunate if he sits out a national tv game a marquee game which is now set out against utah and milwaukee but for the clippers you know if Kawhi has to sit out uh, back to back like they're going to determine whatever they think is the better game for him to sit out and whatever he's comfortable with i think that's the other thing that's kind of you know lost in this is you know, people are kind of it, it, it's all like uh, about him and his body and, and what he wants and i, I think kind of gets lost in it of everyone has their well what about the league and what about the you know ESPN and the, the revenue and this and that it's like if the guy wants an extra day of rest before he plays then I think he should have an extra day of rest like I don't think it's that complicated so um, I do get it it, it is a slippery slope because you've already seen some like um, you know I don't want to go into names of other players but like you've already seen some rookies have sat out games both managing and like yeah. uh, other players on other teams where it, it is like you know, you got to draw the line somewhere, but I think with Kawhi, it's pretty black and white where mm. the guy's not healthy. They've determined that, you know, he can play. You know, it's, it's not like he has to sit out three months, but he can play. It's just if he plays in a back-to-back, he's at a much greater risk of worsening his injury. Uh, you know, if he plays a normal schedule, he can maintain his current health. So I think when you look at it from that perspective, it's a no-brainer. Like, the guy should sit during back-to-backs. It's just a matter of which one he sits in. I think for the league, they'd probably prefer him to play in the national game. Uh, but for whatever reason, the Clippers have preferred to rest him on the front end of back-to-back. So we'll see how that plays out with to, you know this back-to-back matchup, whether he plays in the Houston game or whether he plays in the New Orleans game. But um, I think when you factor in the fact that the guy's not healthy and it is a risk to play him on back-to-back, I don't see why any organization should force their player to play. Sure. And, you know, I think – I don't think any of us have a really good answer for this, too. But one of the things that, that I think about, too, when you talk about making decisions based on national TV is, um, to me, there's like a fair 
isn't there a fairness um, element to this too, where the teams that have national TV games, you're telling that, or you you might get in, the league might get into a position where they're t- telling them, dictating what games they play. But for the teams that or certain players play, but for certain teams that aren't on national TV, it's like kind of do whatever you want kind of thing. You know what I mean? It, it just there just seems to be so many um, questions. I feel like that haven't really been adequately answered in in this whole situation right now. That's that's a really good point, and I think at, for, so. It, it is tough because, like, kind of you know, to your point, like you, you want things to be even, you want things to be fair, and you don't want certain teams to have certain advantages or disadvantages. And in this case, it could almost be a disadvantage that the Clippers are on national TV more than other teams because you know if if it was a team that wasn't as I guess nationally prominent and, and didn't have as, as many of those games you probably could rest Kawhi more and, and get away with it. Like, I think that was kind of the situation in Toronto last year. Like, he he most likely will rest more games, you know, last season than he did this season. Like, he's, he's you know, it, it might end up being close, but he rested 22 games last year. Like, I don't think he's going to rest 22 games again. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, it just wasn't as big of a storyline with the Raptors last season. Uh, but the, the, the truth is, like, the national partners, whether it's Turner and TNT or you know Disney and ABC and ESPN, they are paying a lot of money for those games. Sure. So like you know those games do have um, more value, you know, frankly more value to the league than the average broadcast. Like that, that is just how it works. Like the, you know those com- you know those two networks are supplying a large share of the revenue in the league, and you know. They are paying for that. They're, you know, ad, ads and sponsors and all that stuff is they're paying for that. So when a Kawhi Leonard, when it's announced that he's not playing, that is going to, you know, decline ratings and, and mm-hmm. sponsors might drop out or, or those prices might change. So there's like a trickle-down effect of all of it, and that's why I completely get why the league and ESPN and some of the partners would be upset with him resting that. But at the end of the day, if you're the Clippers or you're any organization with a star in that situation – you have to do what's best for you and the star. And if mm-hmm. that upsets the league, if that upsets the networks, like, so be it. You take that fine. You, you handle the situation however you handle it. But um, at the end of the day, the Clippers are trying to win a championship. They believe if Kawhi Leonard's healthy, they can. And that's how they're proceeding. Before I let you go, Yovan, um, we have a couple more questions for you. One related back to the game when you mentioned the injury to Landry Shamit. Um, who kind of steps up or who has to step up with, hi- with him being out for uh, six to 12 weeks? So, it, it, what's funny is like Paul George basically can plug in and, and play those minutes because right. Landry was actually leading the team in minutes until the last couple games uh, where Lou surpassed him. Uh, so Landry's playing about 31 minutes a game. I think Paul's going to end up playing around 30 to 32. That might end up ramping up to closer to like 34 later in the season. But at least to start. I think the first couple, you know, two, three weeks, he'll probably average out somewhere in that 30 to 32 range. So I think it's kind of rather straightforward where he just starts, takes Landry's spot yeah. in the starting lineup, um, and they kind of probably keep the similar 10-man rotation. Uh, but overall, I think you're, you're going to have to see more from a guy like Patrick Beverly, probably some more offense from him. He's struggled shooting the ball. Um, you might see... You know, some of the younger guys, Jerome Robinson or Terrence Mann, get some more playing time and potentially be counted on more offensively. Uh, Roddy Magruder is someone who just came back uh, a few games ago from uh, a nasty ankle injury and 
just kind of struggled, you know, hasn't looked fully in shape and just kind of not shot the ball well. So maybe he's someone who kind of steps up. And Mo Harkless is another guy who I think the Clippers might actually start pretty soon. And uh, he could play a bigger role potentially moving forward. So it's, it's going to be a by-committee thing. And really the thing with Landry is that he wasn't even shooting the ball that well. If you look at his numbers, he was actually struggling. But I think with him, and, and Doc has talked about this a few times during the season, is he's such a good shooter already. Like it, It's on every team's scouting report that do not let Landry get open shots. You know, Do not let him come off those pin downs and, and those baseline actions into open looks because he's already such a good shooter. So teams are really keyed in on him and try to take him out. But what that does is, you know, if, if one defender is out of the picture, you're playing four on four or you're potentially playing four on three and you just get a pick and roll going. So I think what it, what's done is even if he hasn't scored or, or shot the ball as well as probably like if, if you're the Clippers, um, just him being such a good shooter and having that gravity has helped the offense so much by just taking out another defender. So I think they're really going to miss that. They don't have another guy who could replicate that. Obviously, adding Paul George is going to be a huge positive, and maybe that positive alone outweighs any negative from the Landry situation. But I do think they don't have another guy that's a shooter of that caliber who could do what Landry does. So from that perspective, I think you know other guys are going to have to step up. Other guys are going to have to make threes, uh, you know, do similar types of things. But I don't think anyone can fill those shoes. And I think that will be a net negative overall. And lastly, the Pelicans will play the Clippers and the Lakers combined three times in the next eight games with making a trip to L.A. in 10 days. What's the vibe in that city with the Lakers and the Clippers um, both being at the top of the Western Conference right now? I know there was a lot of talk, of course, going into the season once the two teams added Anthony Davis and Kawhi and Paul George. But since the season has started, how's the vibe in L.A. with these two teams playing well? It's it's awesome. It's heated, you know, both sides. Both sides have really never been good at the same time. They've actually only made the playoffs uh, in, in the same year, I think, three times total. So, you know, since the Clippers moved to L.A. So you just never really had, you know, really good L.A. bats. And in all kind of, I think all three instances, like one of the two teams was like a bottom three seed. So you kind of had one team that was a contender, a pseudo contender, and one team that was like a lower your playoff team this year like you said they're probably the two best teams in the west i, I think you know early indications are that they are so I, I think you know having those two you know they had the opening night matchup which the clippers won they're going to have the christmas night marquee matchup uh which i think you know both teams should probably be fully healthy at that point you know opening night clippers didn't have paul george lakers didn't have kyle kuzma so we'll have the, the full lineup most likely around christmas landry shamit might be back by then so that's going to be, you know, one of the most hyped games of the season. Uh, so it, it's been fun. You know, it's not fun for my Twitter mentions. I always have Laker fans in there. You know, the Lakers probably have the biggest fan base in the league. So that could be annoying at times. But aside from that, you know, it's, I think it's, it's great for the league. Um, it, it's really good to have you know, that type of rivalry going. Um, you know, it's probably one of the better rivalries in the NBA right now. And uh, it, it just could be fun because there's, there's so much star power. Uh, there, there is becoming a history, at least this decade there, between the two sides and some bad blood on, on both sides. So uh, I'm really excited for the, the other three matchups they're going to have throughout the season. And hopefully we'll, we'll get a playoff series. That would be really fun, uh, especially at the conference finals. Yeah, should be should be a fun season, that's for sure. Yovan, I've taken too much of your time. I know it's been a busy couple days for you. 
but I appreciate it. Folks can follow him uh, on Twitter at Jovan Buha. It's J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. I appreciate it. Safe travels to the Big Easy, and we'll see you at the arena. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. Big thanks to Jovan Buha for coming on the show. Again, it's a back-to-back, -back, so we were happy to have him on. Again, we don't know whether Kawhi Leonard or Paul George will play. Reports are Paul George will play tonight against the Pelicans, but still waiting word on Kawhi Leonard, which we won't know until Doc Rivers speaks to the media around 545 tonight. Again, no Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek tomorrow as the Pelicans will travel to Miami and take on the Heat on Saturday. Trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing with SeatGeek. You can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use the code GOPELS at checkout, all one word, all caps, SeatGeek. Score the best deals on tickets. 7 o'clock Central tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Again, you can also get a Pelicans Family Fun Pack, fun pack presented by Mid-City Smiles Family Dentistry. Four tickets, four combo meals, pelicans.com slash tickets. Hope to see everyone there tonight. And until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Go Pels and have a great week.